0: Hello, hello! Hey, up! What's up? What's good? Que cosa succede? Niha, prviets! Welcome to the Any Given Runway show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fantastic show for you today as we kick off the second week of February. On today's show, we feature. A wonderfully talented artist, Californian Bree Smith, is our guest. Bree Smith is an American painter and proud fifth generation California native. She's traveled the world and lived in numerous major cities throughout the United States. Her art practice explores memories of her Nana and a nostalgia for the time in which she grew up. Bree invites viewers to peel back the layers of her work and of themselves to explore the idyllic notions of an earlier time. Bree uses colorful imagery, both graphic and painterly, and it's danced, it's coded and it mimics dream sequences. At the age of 22, Bree experienced a minor heart attack, and during her recovery, she fell in love with acrylic and canvas. During that time, Bree says she was focusing on her health, and she picked up a paintbrush and just relaxed and painted. Her work, Compromised of Three, features three anecdotes of her life, a quote, the word love, and a heart. She paints in layers, many layers filled with brilliant colors and emotions, and she often allows the music to play the guide through her craft. And one thing I love about Bree is her selection of music. She loves all these she loves Motown and is a big fan of one of the greatest voices of all time, legendary singer Sam Cooke. Bree mostly focuses on abstract art and her designs often represent the emotions that she's experiencing and feeling. On today's episode, Brie talks about her early artistic and creative beginnings and how family members played a key role in her development. Brie also chats about the importance of having a childlike almost beginner's mind as an artist and the importance of reminding oneself that they don't need to follow all the rules. Finally, Bree shares with us a project and opportunity that she has in the near future with a fellowship that she was granted. Really enjoyed my conversation with Bree. fascinating painter, and has an incredibly charismatic personality. I'm always intrigued of the mindset of an abstract artist, and I'm in awe of the elaborate colors and the designs that she produces. I'm eager for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on the wonderfully talented artist, Bree Smith, and let's learn. First of all, what are the earliest memories you have of being involved in art?
1: So, I mean, I grew up in a household that was always decorated, like, for every holiday. My mom was a bakery director at the time, so our cakes were always, you know, over-the-top decorated, uh, not, you know, tastefully. Um, I, My grandmother was a seamstress, my Nona. So, I mean, I remember I twirled the baton, and I had this awesome idea that I wanted a tuxedo costume. And that was made for me, and I think that to me those were like images of art, right, but like art in the sense that we were exposed to things using our hands and creating things, and she did needlework and all of that uh, and then my grandfather used to always draw little cartoon cards for us, so those are like my first like real memories of like just being around art, which is interesting because I didn't think about it until my cousin brought that up to me. like you you realize like you were surrounded by it growing up, like your Nona made all your prom dresses like. And to me, when I was thinking about what, like the question, I was like, "Yeah, when, when did I start painting?" And it, it's just so funny how sometimes I think we box what we think art is, and forget that there's so many facets to art. So,
0: well, one of the facets is abstract, which is what you focus on, and that's not a typical one early on when you get involved in art. So, what was it about abstract that piques your interest the most?
1: Uh, I think it really came down to colors, right? Like I grew up in an environment that was always colorful. I was drawn to colors. Um, you know, I remember being in junior high, I had a a girlfriend and we would pass a notebook back and forth where it just became like this contest of like, who could come up with the more creative way to send a note inside this notebook. And I I wish I could find it because it would be pretty cool to see it. But I mean, like I would be applying glitter and feathers and just layering things, um, which, you know, I didn't really think of it as doing art. I just, it was just my right side of my brain expressing how I wanted to express things um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I just, for me, it's just about layers and coloring. I, I think maybe growing up in California, you know, we have those cotton candy sunsets a lot and green palm trees and blue skies. And, you know, it's interesting being here in Chicago because the skies are very blue, but the clouds move so fast, but in California, the clouds kind of sit and I'm, I'm fascinated by the fast clouds here in Chicago. Um, and people also think that's weird. Um, so I think I was, would- Just pulling from those images um, and just how could I blend things, you know, Uh, I couldn't comprehend needlework like my Nona could take a, a, you know, a a piece of art she wanted to create and she would stitch it up. And it was really great to see that. But then I would want to take all her threads and make bracelets, you know, like I wanted to put all the colors together. So, yeah,
0: well, I'm thinking about the old passing notes around in it. They're always colorful, but also very intricately folded. Was that something you did? Could you fold them out real
1: pretty as well? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, the one that's like most vivid to me is I, I had this like Tasmanian double coin purse. And I like super glued it to the paper and then put the note inside of that. Like, I'm telling you, like, I wish I could find it. Uh, and, it, you know, her name's Andrea. She's actually a very well-known calligraphy artist. So I'm glad that uh, typography really stuck with her. Not so much my case. I went, you know, more for the uh, let's throw some things at a canvas and see what sticks. But hey.
0: (laughs) Passing notes and coin purses. Two blasts from the past today. When it comes to abstract, Picasso felt he did his best work when he was young. Often we're more creative when we're young. I think it's that beginner's mindset, beginner's mind that you have. How do you maintain creativity as you get older, especially in the abstract group?
1: Um, Yeah, so I love that this question. I... I love children's artwork. I think it's fascinating. And I often, you know, like we I have my nieces and I'm like, can I just can I just have all your artwork? Um and even it would be interesting to find all my artwork that my mom has in a a bin in the garage, right? Because our parents save that. Um but a hundred percent I think I, I think it is interesting as we grow, we're taught that we're supposed to stay within these boxes, right? Or we're not supposed to color outside the lines. It's like, well, why aren't we supposed to color outside the lines? Um, and I think as I was growing up, even because I went to performing arts school um, in second grade, my teacher told my mom, she was like, listen, your kid is bored. I don't you need to enroll her in a performing arts school like I she needs to do something. Her brain is too active. Put her in a performing arts school. Um, and even when I was in the performing arts school, you know, they'd be like and I remember this they're like paint these radishes radishes radishes. <laughs> That (laughs) word, nailing it. Um, radishes. Uh, it's the cold weather. Mm -hmm. And uh I was done in like two minutes, Mm -hmm. and the teacher was like, You need to do more with it. And I was like, but this is what I see, you know, and like I added my own element to it. So I don't know, I think there's definitely something to being a child and having complete creative freedom and not thinking about it and not worrying about if you take yellow and green and all of a sudden you start to make this poopy brown you're like Ugh, that looks ugly because a kid does it. it is just exciting for them so I think for me personally when I'm painting I just I just don't think about it like a lot of people ask me if I think about what I'm going to create and the answer is no I just create so I think in a sense I'm like a child when I'm painting but then that adult gets in my head and that's when I usually end up messing it up or I start doubting my artwork which sucks.
0: What do you do when that happens? When the doubt creeps in?
1: Uh, I just like, I walk away from it for a second and I take a picture of it. And then I start to adjust the colors on it on my phone because like with technology, we're able to kind of look at our artwork through a different lens. And I think that helps me realize that actually what you're doing doesn't suck, (laughs) you know? Um, But maybe you do want to add a little bit more more of that brighter yellow yellow there because it's a little bit faded on your actual canvas.
0: Well, with that, you mentioned that your early instructors were saying, hey, you got to do more. And you were like, no, it's finished. And even now, I'm sure that when you do something, there's probably always a question in your mind, like, is this finished? So how do you know? How does an abstract artist know when a piece is finished?
1: Uh,
0: Because it might never truly be finished.
1: No, no, I mean, 100%. um, You know, I will say, and this is going to like awful right but like the power of social media because it's mind-boggling a lot of people have been like you need to do time lapses while you're painting because people want to see my thought process and when I'm creating my pieces um and what's interesting is I used to just post pictures like here's the start here's the middle okay I'm progressing more and then I would look back at like phase two and be like damn I should have stopped because I love what that looks like Mm. but then you know a lot of times like my mom would be like it's not finished. Right. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> yeah. She goes, no, you could add a little bit more. And I'm like, okay, like mm. I'll add a little bit more. And sure enough, you know, she'll end up being right. But, um, I think just watching the process in it, like there just comes a point when you're like, it's done. Like, and I, I feel pretty confident. Most of my pieces I've done that. I have had pieces I've gone back to and just completely started over on. Cause I just, I, there was something about it that didn't resonate with me. Mm. Right. like, I paint to music. That's what gets me going. Um, and if a lot of the times I'll put the songs that I painted to with the, um with my painting. And so if you play the music, you'll probably see the strokes, you know, where there was like this harmony point or whatnot. I'm a big Motown, Sam Otis, or Sam Otis, Otis and Sam Cooke.
0: Sam um, Cooke, I love them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, like sugar dumpling, like there's definitely moments in my brushstrokes where it's just like you can see and hear him singing that. Uh, so I think when you can just, you can hear the songs then I know it's done.
0: With abstract <laughs> and the creativity that comes with it and the freedom that comes with it, there's also a little bit of uncertainty as well. Can we talk about the uncertainty as far as knowing when to stop, but also just the uncertainty of the direction you're going in. So you have all this freedom that you can do anything you want but it's also maybe a little bit daunting to know that there's no right or wrong. So with all that uncertainty when you're starting, how do you proceed? How do you take that first step when there is unlimited opportunities?
1: I mean, you know, to me I feel like every experience that we walk into every day is a blank canvas, right? Like I'm in control of it to some extent. So I think when I'm thinking about what I want to paint, I just I just do it. Like I don't I don't like, again, I don't visualize my artwork. I just feel it. And I I just go, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, when it hits to be like three 30 in the morning and I'm like, I can't believe I've been painting for five hours straight. I should probably call it. Um, but if my body still wants to create, then I keep going, you know, I know it's going to suffer the next day, but it's, uh, you know, I think it's just like when you get in that zone, you're in it, you just go. Um, and they, you know, there's there's exciting parts to it. Like I was gonna go get a bottle of champagne and pop it open with you on this because champagne's a big part of my art making.
0: Oh, um, don't let me hold you back by all means. Yeah.
1: Well, I might have to get it because <laughs> who doesn't love the sound of a popping of bottle of champagne? Um yeah. I don't know, you know, I work in the well, I did. I, I still do. I worked in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. So I work in an industry that's all about taking care of people. And You know, a lot of times when people would go out after work or whatnot, especially when we're leaving, you know, at two in the morning and people would want to go and hang out. For me to decompress from everything, it was to paint. So I think just knowing that that was my outlet, like I didn't worry about a stop or finish. I just wanted to be in it. Like I just I wanted to disconnect from the world and just be in the moment with my artwork.
0: You mentioned music. How do you set up your painting sessions and are there things you do during the week to get yourself in the right mindset?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, so like, listen, the pandemic has been, you know, I got furloughed in March and for like two weeks I went and did nothing, like literally nothing, which is like so unheard of. Like me, uh, anyone that knows me would be like, that's not like Brie. I'm used to going and doing a thousand things, you know? Uh, and so then I, I started volunteering full-time and I kind of like wasn't thinking about my artwork. And then, you know, I, I remember one of my mentors uh, early on in my hospitality career, she would always say if she canceled a meeting, I've given you the gift of time. <laughs> um, and my goodness, if this pandemic did not give people the gift of time to focus on something that they're passionate about or something, you know, they've been putting off, uh, then I mean, Hey, to reach their own, but I really started to realize that this was the gift of time I needed to focus on my artwork. So, uh, you know, there's definitely days where I sit on the couch and I am on Instagram for a solid, you know, two hours and I am just looking at artwork because I don't have the means to be able to travel to museums right now. Right. Like, um, and it's interesting that I'm able to use Instagram to look at artwork, to feel inspired. And I mean, like I, I'm in Australia in one moment, and the next moment I'm in Germany and I'm just, I'm just connecting all these pieces and threads of artists. Um, and, and it's been enjoyable. And I, and I do like doing that, you know, because when I first started painting, people would be like, Oh my gosh, you paint so much like so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. And then I'd look them up and be like, Holy shit. I do paint like this person. What a compliment. Um, So I do that. And then what else was the, like, I feel like I went so far down a rabbit hole there to get you to understand like my process.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, I was going to go into the next question I actually had was how you used your gift of time that you were given. You're answering that as well. Outside of painting, have there been anything else that you have done in your gift of time?
1: Yeah. So like I was saying, I, um, the first two weeks were pretty brutal. Uh, and then, well, they weren't brutal. They were fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, it was fun to have nothing to do. Like I have never experienced not having an email or a text. It was very weird. Uh, it was almost to a point where I thought my phone was broken, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of zoom calls, but, uh, with friends and whatnot. Um, but so the, like the third week, I saw my friend Johnny in LA, he had started frontline foods and they were basically feeding the frontline workers. So they were partnering with restaurants, right? Because the restaurant industry was obviously suffering because of all, everything shutting down. So basically they were raising money to pay restaurants, to pay frontline workers. And I was like, Hey, can I help you? I am very well connected to Los Angeles, as you know, uh, I'm from there. I know a lot of restaurant people that would benefit from this. And he's like, we got it here. We're good. What about Chicago? And I'm like, what about it? He's like, do you want to start the chapter in Chicago? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like I live here now. Uh, this city is amazing. It's a foodie city. Uh, it's been very welcoming to me and I have a lot of friends in this industry, so let's do it. So I started this chapter here, uh, in like the third week of March and we raised, you know, close to $800,000, put it all back into the restaurants in Chicago, served over 90,000 meals. Uh, and it was really great. It was beautiful. Uh, it was really great to see you know, at the time I was working for Soho House, my employees show up to volunteer to hand out food. You know, I, I called out and I said, Hey, can one of you or two of you come out and help me? And like 20 of them showed up. Uh, so it was just, it was just a really nice time to build relationships, uh, support relationships. Um, and then through that, you know, was, I, I didn't, like I was saying, I didn't expect to lose my job, but I did. and And I think that's when I finally was like, you know what, I need to focus on my artwork. I need to, because my artwork doesn't just serve me, it serves others. And that was the messages I was getting. Um, cause I, I handwrite a lot of cards every month to people, my little snail mail. Very cool. Very cool. It's a lot of drawings and it's just something to, you know, our mailboxes are full of trash most of the time. And you walk out and you get a handwritten card and it's like, what's this? So I was starting to see that there was this impact and people wanted that. So so that's when I started focusing a little bit more on me. And I think it was like the first time I've ever really focused on Brie. <laughs> you know, not, not putting everyone else before me, but really just being like, this is it, girl. Do it now or you're never going to get it at this opportunity again.
0: Well, so much of that I love, especially the handwritten cards. I think that's a lost art. Totally admire that. Totally appreciate that. What's the, what's the dream about Front? So can you share with us the dream and how can people support
1: Yeah. So, um, so I, I had been applying to a number of jobs here, uh, and I kept getting rejection, rejection. I just didn't hear from people. Listen, I get it. There's a, there's a lot of us right now that are in this boat. Uh, so I applied to an art residency. I think it was in October and I was like, whatever, if I get in great, my chances are probably very slim. Uh, you know, I I had reached out to a friend who lives in France and was like, can you just see if this is legit? Because, you know, unfortunately, during these times, there's been a lot of scams that have been happening, which is such a bummer. Um, even to a point where people are creating fake job posts on LinkedIn, by the way. Uh, brutal. So he called me back. He's like, it's 100% legit. You should for sure apply. Good luck. Blah, blah, blah. I applied. And then, like, two months later, I woke up. You know, and you wake up every morning, and it's bad to say this. And I know my friends that are like, Bree, you need to take the, mo- the morning for you. Okay. I wake up in the morning, and I check my phone. Okay, I'm I'm looking for some positive reinforcement. Yeah, we all do,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh and I got this email and I was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, Oh my god, I got into this art residency. Um, so what a like an exciting thing to look forward to in twenty twenty one, right? Uh pending that I can travel, if I can't travel, I'll go in twenty twenty two, but I will be representing uh the good old US of A and I'll be with ten other artists. For a month living in a chateau and and learning and just being out there and there's you know different classes that they have and I don't know it just it seems really exciting you know I love France it's close to Champagne region so (laughs) I don't want to say how you're supposed to say it because I'll butcher it but it's you know it starts with an R um that region of (laughs) France Oh man. Um, so yeah, so I, I started a GoFundMe page, which I'll be honest. I also, uh, struggled with doing because I'm not one to ask for help. I'm one to definitely offer help and push and support. And my good friend Donald has a motto where he's like, friends don't let friends dream alone. Mm. And he was like, post that shit or I'll come to Chicago and slap you. No. (laughs) So, so I did it and I I've been overwhelmed by the support that I've received thus far. Um, because, you know, I'm, again, I'm one of the the few, no, I'm, I'm one of the many that is still on unemployment. And this is something that's very passionate for me and something that I, I'm really excited. I've never lived in Europe for a, a month, you know, like, mm, so it could be fun. Uh, and fun. but I, I think also just being able to have this creative time to really explore and see where my art could go and evolve and learn from other artists, you know. A lot of the artists that are going that I've seen thus far are much more advanced in their career. So I'm eager to learn from them too.
0: Aside from your goal and dream of France, what are some of your other goals, projects, plans for 2021?
1: So I'm still doing uh, the charity work and we're currently feeding kids on the South side of Chicago, um, which is really important to me because that is an area of need. And, you know, uh, so that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, So doing that. Um, 2021, whew, you know, this is my first podcast ever. Congratulations. Um, I think just getting out there more, right? Like just being confident in myself. Like uh, I, I just, I wore this beret last week for the first time. And I was always like, I don't look good in a beret, but you know what? I was like, I'm going to do it because I just, I needed to start believing in me more. And uh, I think for 2021, that's why I'm, I'm just going to keep producing my artwork. And I welcome all feedback, good and bad, because, you know, art is going to touch people in different ways, and if you don't like it, that's okay, Um, but I had somebody reach out to possibly go out to Florida to do a mural uh, outside, which is very exciting for me, um, because I love to paint big, so the bigger I can paint, the better. I I paint right now in my my studio here, but it's really not the best place because I'm a little bit confined to how much paint I can throw everywhere, right? <laughs> then I'll have to paint some walls here. Um so yeah, I think just creating, I, I literally have had this conversation with myself where I'm like, okay, the job market's gonna open back up. Do I jump back in or do I just say, hey, 2021's for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I guess, you know, we think of 21, we think of blackjack and I'm going to use the term, roll the dice. I'm just going to roll those dice, man. Like seven all the way. (laughs) Here we go. Why not? Well, until that that marker's down. (laughs) (laughs) Seven's my lucky number, so.
0: How can people follow along your journey in 2021 as you believe in yourself?
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I I definitely think Instagram is uh, my best, you know, I I hate to say it, but I was like the freshman class that had Facebook. uh, So I'm like, we're done with Facebook. It's still there, but I think I'm the most active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I have had people ask me to go on TikTok. I just call it talk. Um, cause I'm old. What can I say? But I do post my live videos on talk. Um, and I think Instagram, and then I'm going to be updating my website. I'm trying to teach myself how to build a website a little bit better. Um, cause you know, again, I have the time to teach myself some things here. So yeah.
0: Best of luck. I'll be supporting you and, in- follow along out here and i hope we chat again
1: yeah and if you come back out to the old chicago you know we'll, we'll raise a glass together
0: I, I i'm gonna hold you to that i'm gonna hold you to that sold all right <laughs> all right bye-bye
1: thank you Bye.
0: thank you thank you, thank you for listening much appreciation to brie hopefully after today's episode you pop another bottle of champagne i'm excited to see what's next for you in 2021 Make sure to give Bree a follow on social media. You can check her out, Brie Smith Art on Instagram, but also her website, BreeSmithArt.com. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise, and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life everyone has a story each person a scholar thank you for listening fill up that passport i'll see you on the road a